Hello and welcome. This is episode 107 of the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, and this is number three in a series that we started uh, a couple times ago. And we titled it uh, Self-Care versus Self-Indulgence, and what we're really talking about, what we've been talking about, is actually a very important topic, which is the qualities of a good leader. And in very hard times, in crisis and adversity, which is where we've been for quite a while, the quality of leadership is important in ways that is hard to quantify. Uh, our dog is coming in. Um, what I want to do is catch you up just a little bit, if this is the first one you've heard. Last time we talked about some of the qualities of a good leader. Uh, Peter was talking about the importance for a leader to be and accept uh, his, his or her humanity, the flaws, strengths, capabilities, and to be transparent in a way that allows other people to have permission to be human themselves. This kind of openness allows people to learn from uh, the experience and the wisdom of a good leader. Uh, it's so important in ways that, that people maybe don't always recognize. We talked about the importance for a leader to develop the people who work for them or work with them, to help them become the best that they can be at their strengths, and to help them develop in areas that they're not so strong. The uh, last thing we talked about was the importance for a good leader to deal with their negative emotions, not to be taken over by fear or anger, not to become effective, uh, ineffective, because of these negative emotions that come up, they have to be dealt with. We were just about to conclude, just to finish, we ran out of time and Peter brought up another important point, which is that a good leader needs to be able to innovate, be creative and innovate to respond to the situations that come up. That's and right. so I'd like to start there. I don't know if there's anything else you want to catch up on from no, last that's, time. That's good, but you know, I, I, I do believe that um, what's, a, what's the What's the background for all of this is this last year of the COVID-19 crisis. It's been a very exposing year, as well as a tr very difficult and tragic for so many, um, and a creating a hardship for so many people, which it's still happening. Yes. It's not over. No. Oh, I think we're, gonna, we're, moving toward the, we're moving toward coming out of it. But there's been so much challenge and confrontation and exposing um, people who were very content and self-satisfied for a long time and weren't really challenged because there wasn't, it just didn't seem necessary. This year has challenged all of us. Um, and what we've really been looking at is, we've talked a lot about self-care and how important that is. And of course we're talking about it in the, in the context of people who are caregivers, first responders, thinking about the doctors and the nurses, the counselors, uh, the firefighters, the cops, and ourselves and many like us um, who live a different kind of life and uh, really puts a lot more stress and distress into our lives. Um, and so self-care is so important to keep us going and keep us resilient, in fact, growing and improving through it all, mm -hmm. which is it's a big it's a big topic, but yet it's the, it's the truth. I don't see really the substantial kind of growth um, and Im impact and effectiveness coming unless people go deal with the struggles and the suffering, the pain of themselves, their, their, <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> their loved ones and others. 
Um, so I do believe that's a very important component. Well, this year, it's not just isolated for first responders and caregivers. It's affected everybody. Everyone. And what it really shows is not everybody deals with this very well at all. And I've seen a lot of people fall back into old coping mechanisms, um, thinking that that really was going to help them in this time and what's going on now. What we've really just, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, is this is a transformative type of change we're talking about. Those of us that have had a lot of experience and have a full arsenal of, of dealing with hardships, difficulties, and crises know that, yes, some of that is going to be very useful, but it kind of morphs into something more present. And um, you have to really respond to the present more um, and be creative and almost let go of some of those old mechanisms because they don't fit anymore. They may not. That's they right. may not. What we've seen, and I've seen a lot of this, is a lot of people fall back into the old defensive mechanisms and coping mechanisms, and they are not working. In fact, they're making things a whole lot worse. Um, I think that behind it all, there has to be a spirit of honesty and truthfulness with ourselves. That when we look at these things, we've got to be honest even if it's painful. And take a real good look at who we are, where, we, where, we, where we've been, where we are now, what our values are, and what's important. Um, and realize these are, these are times of transformation and change. It's going to come, it is coming through the struggle and the hardships and the crises. But out of that, some very good things will come. But there's an interim step, and that is that f facing ourselves mm -hmm. and confronting ourselves and seeing the truth about who we are. And seeing that the things that we've done in the past that may have worked in the past are maybe not going to work this time, and we may have to do what we were talking about, which is do some creative innovation, some Absolutely. change. Absolutely. Be open to it, at least. And that's really important. Um, not, well, we're, we're talking about, well, where do leaders come in in all of this? Well, I'll tell you what. A lot of, we need people to mentor us. We need people to show us and demonstrate through example what we're, talk, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, this may seem very foreign, what we're talking about to a lot of people. The language of it, even though we're talking English, may be strange and um, hard to truly understand what we're, what we're saying, especially putting into action. We've seen a lot of people exposed this year. We've seen people lose their jobs. We've seen people who are very embedded and uh, secure financially and particularly the corporate people, and uh, feeling that they were living a life that, that they were important in, and, and they felt important, they felt secure. And all of a sudden, in this last year, corporations are shut down. They've fired many, many, many high-level people as well. That's what we've heard. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, the, the, the foundation and the security that we were counting on isn't there. Right. And what may not be there also is there's not much experience because they've, people have lived in a very myopic channel and they were satisfied with that. And all of a sudden they're challenged to be very responsive to the present to something situation. new, a change situation. Yes. That's right. And it produces uh, emotions. Now we've been a very big, we are a big proponent of 
understanding our emotions and um, knowing emotions aren't necessarily an accurate feeling state of what's going on. You've always made a distinction between emotions uh, which can be arising inside us versus the feelings, the sense that we have about about what's real. Our sensitivities, our radar, things right. that are, it's God-given. I mean, it's an ability that we all are born, most of us are born with. But emotionality is a different thing altogether, and many people confuse the two. Mm -hmm. um, so what we've seen is a lot of people don't know how to sort themselves out from all their emotion whether it's in the past mm -hmm. or the present or both. So we've also seen things go very haywire. It can cloud perspective. It can and misguide direction right. and action. So we've been very clear for a long time that you've got to become, as a, as a caregiver, as someone on the front lines, you've got to be able to be cognizant of yourself and uh, understand yourself better and read yourself um, there's so many people that stopped reading themselves a long time ago to cope. They just shut yeah. off a part of their life, and it may have made a sense in the past. Mm -hmm. We've seen that many times with past developmental trauma. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, it's a loss because when they really need, need that, they don't have it. Right. And they go back to acting like they did in the past, and they're missing. it's almost like missing a limb. Right. They're, not, they're not functioning on all eight cylinders. We've encouraged people to pay attention to how these experiences you're going through are affecting you, um, how they're affecting your body, how they're affecting um, your energy levels. These are all very important things and there's, God, my, we laid out a mat, we have a manual actually on mm -hmm. this for caregivers um, of all kinds and, and teaching them how to stay resilient even though they tend to absorb an awful lot of the, the things that people are, they're exposed to because their work is very confrontive. So we, we pay, we've done a lot of work on that and podcasts were one of our ways of reaching more people and wanting them to get this message because we knew how important it is. How to prevent burnout, how to prevent misguided direction, um, how to read things clearly, genuinely, truthfully and effectively. Mm -hmm. We do it at, the, at our institute all the time and we make sure everybody stays emotionally clear. I often think of feelings when you're able to be clear and uh, to to be in touch with your feelings. It's like radar. It's being able to see what's going on accurately around you, which is important information, particularly when times are hard as they are now, to be able to really see what's true and to be able to respond. And that's a survival skill. That's part it of the survival is. skill. It is, right, right. So we feel it's very important, and when it's not the touchy-feely type of space-out stuff. We're talking about sensitivities and a dimension to yourself that everybody has. But for some reason, there are many people that just learn mm -hmm. to cut it out. Well, guess what? Now you're going to want to find, now people are discovering how handicapped they are because they need that. They need to be able to sense, look at all the fear that has been communicated to the public um, for the last year. It is enormous. Yes. Um, and it's... That is one of the things that lead, our leaders have done that has not been good. A lot, well, you're not kidding. And a lot of leaders who do that aren't good leaders. We're not talking about the normal fears and precautions. That's one thing. There's a healthy fear. But That's we're right. talking about how overdone it gets and how paranoid people get and misguided by it. Um, they're absolutely distrust between our, 
uh, between each other, uh, the, even the social distancing, which we know is important, but it's it involved. I've seen it turn into a level of distrust, an adversarial yeah, kind of conflict, missed, yeah. and that's a mis that's misdirected. Mm -hmm. So we've seen so much of that over the year. Okay, now we're coming to the point of talking about leadership. Right. Um, we've also seen some amazingly good things come through people who you didn't even know were leaders who took this as an opportunity to finally become who do what they've always wanted to do to evaluate their lives and realize that what they've been doing really didn't fulfill them it made a living it helped them but there were things that they've always wanted to do and this has been because of the challenges of COVID-19 this gave them a chance to step out and take a risk um, and develop this area of their life that they've been holding on to as a dream. Well, this is a darn good year mm -hmm. to embrace that and pursue it. And also, it also puts your values and makes you begin to look at what I've been. So I thought money and pension plans and a secure job was going to be it. And what I'm finding is none of that is holding me up during these hard times. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that. But we've also seen people who have been leaders in roles as leaders. We call them prescribed roles. The, it turns out that the role gave them the power and the influence. Take the role away, it exposes the person in that role. And they're not all very good leaders at all. Um, they're alienating. They're fearfully driven. Um, they try to justify themselves and defend themselves. and use the law, use science, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, and instead of taking the action that's appropriate now to really reach out, to care, to, uh, to give, to be involved with life, they withdraw. And their example is, everybody, don't count on me because I'm not going to be around. This is a very tough time and I've got to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're on your own. And that's a very, very destructive, painful, hurtful, um, debilitating attitude, but yet I've seen enough of it. That's another point of a good leader you just brought out, which is a good leader would continue to take action in difficult times and not withdraw in a way that is kind of self-protective, self-preserving, uh, and, and just step off the scene. Leaders stay in and continue to act in the best Well, they innovate. Yeah. And when we say innovate, this is a tough time. There's been so many situations that have been blown up, that have that have changed, that you know the things that were going so effectively and efficiently couldn't be done anymore, um, not through anybody's fault. But yet, a really good leader wouldn't use that as an excuse to withdraw from responding to those people that are looking for them for guidance. Right. A real leader finds ways to innovate. And they may not be able to deliver the 100% the design or whatever that they would think that they're used to. But they let go of that and go, this is what I'm facing. These folks depend on me and they need somebody to help them through all of this because it's a very difficult time. And we're going to have to figure out some ways to communicate and convey to them that they matter. Right. That what they're going through matters. Right. That we're, I'm there for them. And even though I, too, am going through difficult times, I'm not going to let my um, self-absorption get in the way of helping other people. Right. I think this is a big thing. Uh, and you know that fear has been so 
so prevalent. The spirit of fear has been so prevalent, mm -hmm. and yet I've seen people that it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I was just reading something on Facebook. John Wayne said, "What is courage? It means it doesn't mean not to have fear. It means you have fear, but you get in the saddle and get going anyway." Yes. And you know, he was <laughs> in his inimitable way. He's right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's an absence of fear. It means you don't let fear stop you. Right. And that there's things to be done, innovations, actions, everything. It's finding a way to get this stuff kept on course mm -hmm. the best you can under duress. I think part of part of that importance of that message that you just mentioned is that a leader would would say, "I care about and I'm listening to." you, the people that are depending on me. I'm going to do what I can. Just that alone means so much. And then after to, to follow that up as best he can, but that the leader shares how important the people following him are. Okay. Now there's words and there's actions. Okay. And a, a lot of leaders can be big talkers, but their action doesn't follow. So I'd be more interested in the people that speak less and, and do more. Um, I'm, I've always been a person that listens carefully, but show me how you're going to put this into action. Good leaders don't always uh, toot their own horn. They know that there's needs out there that have to be, they have to figure it out so they can reach those people and help them and watch over them and direct them and support them. Um, so they, they begin to get innovative. Um, they're scared too, they're human, and yet they have to, they know their role is, hey, I'm here and I've got a job to do and my job is to look out for my people mm -hmm. and boy have we met and saying to themselves this challenge is enormous because every place I turn there's trouble but somehow I'm going to find ways to communicate how much my people mean to me mm -hmm. and that I really do care so they don't go on vacation no. no and they don't disappear from the scene and abandon them they stick it out, as hard as things are on them too. Mm -hmm. Yes. They stick it out. and I've seen many leaders, I mean, I'm not talking about that they're immune from suffering and pain. In fact, the really good leaders usually are the ones that have been through so much pain, so much struggle, and yet they find a way to come through it and even be more impactful, more empathetic, more effective. Mm -hmm. So they have that resilience. Yes. That's a high quality that is really needed, and then they have to encourage it in other people by example, by direction, um, lots of different things. I, you know, I, I've looked at a lot of things this year, and you got to see the situations. Nothing is what it was. It's not. It's not easy. And yet, when I look at it, and you, there's almost like another part of this that computes during this time, and that is, no, you're right. That's not going to happen. But what I am seeing is that these people are finding a way through all of this to reach, to become effective in what they're doing, to help others, to show compassion and empathy, and to be transparent right. themselves. Right, to and set an example. Yeah, not like they're bleeding, hemorrhaging emotion and pain, but that, uh, uh, in fact, they don't do that. It's just that they, they look at the situations and they're human too. Mm -hmm. um, they don't pretend to be armored gods because that misguides people. Right. They do know when it's time to be strong. And it's not by the book. 
and it's not by, uh, and I see a lot of that too, where, you know, some leaders, they, they're trained on how to take control of a group. And, you know, when you look at it, if they stick to that very rigidly, they begin to cut people off. They don't want to hear it. Right. And they feel it's going to really undermine. It's just the opposite. Not the case. So, being transparent isn't being filled with self-pity and um, um, feeling sorry for ourselves as leaders. It means, yes, we have our pain too. And it may be even worse than yours, but I'm going to be here for you anyway. <coughs> That's the premise that I've worked on in a long time. I've known many very good leaders, mm -hmm. great examples. Mm -hmm. um, and we are again almost out of time. Already? Already. Well, Jenny, what do you have to say about all this? What do I have to say? I have to say that I've had the privilege of working with you and learning what it means to be a good leader. I've been around other leaders, and uh, in the corporate world, they tended to be a little bit more of the prescribed authority types. Um, I didn't know what it took to be a good leader, and and. I will say that I'm, I'm still learning, uh, but I'll bring up one word which you brought up last time, and that is sacrifice, that leaders do sacrifice for the people that they serve. And, uh, and yet, in the end, I think they also grow and deepen their lives from the experiences that they've it's gone very, through. You're right. It's very fulfilling. Very fulfilling yeah, with a cost, but fulfilling. Uh, well, always with a cost. Right. But yet they know that there's a deeper value in us and a deeper sense of purpose to all of it. Yes. And that's what they commit to. They commit to the growth and the deepening of their lives and the fulfillment that comes from that. So they'll, they'll sacrifice. I think people in important, responsible roles mm -hmm. have to really own that they're going to be making sacrifices um, that other people may not have to make, but that's part of the. That's part of, the, that's part of what you're doing. And it's not easy. We're not saying that everybody's cut out to be a leader, by the way. No. And, um, but we are saying that there's a lot of leaders around who need to learn mm -hmm. what really is. At least become aware of, of the things that they could be doing better. Yes, and the one thing to make sure is a, a person who's struggling, and I'm talking about a leader right now, needs to be very careful not to start getting defensive and um, self-justifying and revert back to roles to justify what they've done and who they are. That is the opposite. That's a person who's learned the prescribed role of an authority. Mm -hmm. They've been well-schooled in justifying themselves and defending themselves. And at times that may be good, but to make that as a rule of life under all duress is a mistake. So that's our caution today for everyone listening. Uh, take that in and uh, hope we'll take in all of what we said. And we will uh, continue on this theme at some point, I bet. Wow. We may. You never know. That's pretty uh, So thank you. And uh, the Survivor's Guide to Life is brought to you by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 uh, that it relies on donations to keep us on the air and in your, in your TV, in your camera. Um, please consider donating to them at sctraumatreatment.org. Peter and I can be reached at the Bernstein Institute. I'm Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com, 707-781-3335. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have our own YouTube channel. Please watch and like and share. And leave us a comment. We would love your feedback, and we will respond. 
Um, we have a little booklet, The Survivor's Guide to Life Principles. Get in touch. I'll get you a copy. I feel breathless. I think we need to finish, though. So I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Please join us again. Hang in there. <laughs>